Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breitler. I just want to start by saying go blue. Good evening, everybody out there on a Friday night. Good evening. Do you think, do you think that guy knows that he's become such... <laughs> That's an important part of our show. I mean, it's, it's really incredible. I think every show that we've done since that happened, he he kicks us off. I was going to start by saying go blue. I mean, that random guy from Big Ten Media Days over a year ago now is forever entrenched in the beginning of our, our podcast. That's, that it. is pretty funny when you think about it that way. Thought about this too, Chris. And I'm not trying to say this because I want people to give us money, but we do appreciate it. It is dope. But anytime somebody does give us one of those, and I see Chris Fields in the house already. He's kind of the pioneer. <laughs> he is a pioneer. Anytime he anybody gives us one of those, I'm going to hit it. Hey! It's going to be short-lived, and we're going to what drop we whatever we're doing at that moment to address the super question. What are we doing? What are yeah, we doing? Are we panhandling out here? Are we, are we, is this hey, internet you know, panhandling? We're not above it, by the way. Damn it, I wish I was looking for like a paper sack. I was going to put it around my, my Gatorade bottle, but I don't have one. So I just thought that was good because like I felt bad last week that I was ignoring people's questions on that because I yeah. didn't really know how it worked. But we're, I'm going to make that a big deal. That's a, that is a big deal to us that people are willing to throw us a few bucks just because we're on here bumping our gums a little bit. I appreciate that. We're going to call That's attention true. to it. We're going to give them a shout out and we're going to immediately address said question if anybody wants to go that route. And if not, then we'll keep doing what we've been doing for like 138 shows. It'll be fine. But I just wanted to point that out because I did feel bad last week that, or uh, Wednesday, sorry, that we uh, that we kind of ignored some people who were really kind of contributing to what yeah, we were doing. Absolutely, anyway, absolutely. Wanted to call some attention to that. Well, Chris, we are. I mean, we're we're getting ready to kick off Big Ten play. Um, you know, depending on who you listen to and, and what you read and what, what the spread looks like and what the numbers and the money line and all that stuff. Like I'm finding my intrigue for this game going up a little bit, a little bit. I just want, am I, am I alone in that? Are you, what are you feeling about now that we're, you know, coming up on 12 hours from kickoff? What are we 17 hours from kickoff at this point? Yeah, no, I uh, intrigue for me is high. It's, it's really high because I'm, I'm genuinely curious what this team looks like now that conference plays is started. I think the general consensus from the first three weeks was <clears throat> obviously we know what the level of competition was. Michigan didn't re really need to open up anything. It wasn't necessary. They got to spread the ball around. I think 785 guys got to touch the ball through the first three weeks of the season. And so it, I'm, I'm curious what this looks like when the starters are playing presumably a full four quarters. I just want to see what this team is about. And I think my hope and my 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 hunch is that we might see a little bit more through the air tomorrow, but certainly going to reserve judgment, let it all play out. But yeah, intrigue for me is super high because I, I feel like there are a few elements to this team that have been held back that we haven't seen yet, and I really want to see it on Saturday. So the, the spread number is 16 and a half, which is, it's, I mean, that's decent. Uh, Michigan beat Maryland by 41 points last year in College Park. Um, and there's a ton, a ton of money on Michigan to cover that spread. 
But what's interesting is with, I think it's like 80 or 90% of the bets. If you go to like the action network and some of these places that track that kind of stuff, a ton, a massive majority of the money is on Michigan to cover that spread. And the yeah. line has not moved. And that's Vegas isn't in the business of getting their asses kicked on bets, dude. They're not. And I know that, you know, they're not the ones playing and it, you know, it is what it is, but like that matters, dude. So either there, there's something that's known or maybe Maryland, I don't know. We'll see. Maryland hasn't been super, super impressive or anything. And Michigan's obviously killed the three inferior teams that they've played. So I'm finding my, I'm finding the intrigue level going up a little bit as we get ready to, to wake up on a Saturday morning. So there, yeah. there, there's where we'll be with that. Uh, but without further ado, Chris, we get to get into a little opportunity for you to call me dumb and or smart. You typically, <laughs> I mean, you typically call me. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, you're not. Well, you're not. I think you've been accused of not going out on a All legend right. with some of these. So you better, you know, you better, you got to step into it. All right, step here we go. And with the, your chest, say it with your chest. You hinted at this a little bit, and I agree with you, and that's why I'm saying J.J. McCarthy will throw at least three touchdown passes tomorrow. Up. Oh. Oh. And he puts gas money on the title. Look at that. Trepicoles, a real one. Appreciate he didn't even it. ask the question. Are you kidding not, me, Trepicoles? Dude, <laughs> that's incredible. Incredible. That is incredible. incredible. That'll put... That'll fill up an eighth of the tank. We appreciate. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That is so 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 appreciated. But genuinely appreciated, man. I guess hog on gas. So that's very appreciated. All right, back to back to the answer. JJ, JJ with the the three, three touchdowns. Touchdown through the air. Now are we, oh, through the air. Um, look, man, I'm gonna say you're smart. That guy, we know he's immensely talented. We know he's got a lot in his uh, in his bag of tricks. And man. If you're not going to open it up in week four, you know, to, to kick off conference play, I'm not sure how long you wait. And so I, I think it's a smart play. I think they finally let JJ do his thing. I think the wide receivers get involved. Give me three touchdowns at least through the air for JJ McCarthy tomorrow. I mean, you you said it before you knew I was going to lead off this segment with that. You said I think they're going to open it up a little bit more through the air, and I obviously I do too because I think in the past I've said. I might have said four plus one of the weeks, but three or four plus, but including his rushing touchdowns. No, no. This is just with the arm, just through the air. I think it's time to let it rip a little bit. That's what I Absolutely. think. And because of that, keep in mind, he had a punt return touchdown last week. He had a kick return touchdown against the Terps last year. A.J. Henning is going to get into the end zone tomorrow. Book it. I love it. Yeah, uh, he's... We we saw it on the punt return. He's too fast, too dynamic, similar to Roman Wilson. Anytime you get those guys the ball in the open field, high probability that they're going to take it to the house. So, yeah, I'd like to see A.J. Henning touch the ball more. I actually referenced that in one of the social media posts. Um, A.J. Henning, Roman Wilson, you got to get those guys the ball. If not, you know, I, to me, it's once every offensive series. Either one of those guys has to touch the ball because they're just that talented. So, yeah, I think he does. Speed versatility do you throw it to him do you pop pass do you hand it to him does he just give it to him in one of those little jet sweep sort of deals and you get in the red zone and let him do what he does he's gonna have some opportunities if they choose to use him that way and i think if he does he'll you know he got into the end zone against ohio state he got in the end zone like i said against maryland he he scored on the uh on the throwback the throwback kick return if you remember they threw it all the way across the field to him he pretty much just burned up the sideline so i think yeah. he gets in the end zone against the terps number three i left it in the same spot i didn't change one word 
But I think, again, as the competition picks up, now it's Big Ten play. Blake Corum will carry the ball 15-plus times tomorrow afternoon in Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah, smart. It's I mean, I mean, it's time to start letting your lead back sort of do what he does. And I know he had five touchdowns last week, but it really wasn't like – I don't know. I just feel like he hasn't had one of those monster games on the ground yet. And you keep waiting for that. That's another one of those things. I know they're not struggling yeah. on the ground, but is Blake Corum going to pop off? Is he going to have those big chunk plays? And I think it, it happens tomorrow. So yeah, I think once again, Brand, is that smart on every single call so far? It is. I'm just a right. smart dude, man. I can't help it. You're really smart. This is, this is part of that to Jamie Wilson's point. We don't know. We don't know if Donovan Edwards is going to be back tomorrow. Chris and I both said earlier in the week that if he's not truly, truly, truly 100%, don't play him. Because you, I love Donovan Edwards. He's dynamic. He's special. But you don't need him if you're Michigan to beat Maryland. I mean, that's that's just the fact of the matter. So I think if he's not ready to roll completely, completely, then you leave him sit out. You let him rest up. Maybe Absolutely. bring him back for the Iowa game on the road, a little more physical. Maybe pound it out a little bit. But I, I think that will factor in. If Ed if Edwards is back, that 15-plus carries for Blake, I probably takes a little bit of a dip, and I sound a little dumber. But we'll, we'll see what that looks like. All right, this is a little bit of a hot-button topic as well. We talked about it on Wednesday. On all, By all accounts, from what we've heard, from what I've been told, Eric All will not play tomorrow. So I'm stepping out a little bit on this one because I'm still, I'm still going to say that a tight end – will score a touchdown tomorrow, even with Eric All likely not in the lineup. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, because I think I think it's, I think think it's that production goes to the wide receiver core. At least that's okay. that's my hope. I hope you get some of those guys involved. And so, you know, it's I wouldn't necessarily say it's dumb. I mean, once they get in the red zone, they've shown that they've got – I mean, we named them off on the last show. They're like five deep at that position, and every single one of those guys is a legitimate target. And so I certainly think it could happen. Yeah, people are saying, Schoolmaker, you got um, you got several guys on that list that could score, but I just – I don't see it happening. It just feels like – and I thought we might see it last week. Instead, we got five Blake Corum touchdowns, three from the one-yard line. I mean – that's the perfect opportunity to get J.J. out on the move a little bit, give him a couple options crossing across the back of the end zone. That's where you find your tight ends. Will he need yeah. to do it against Maryland? Maybe. Maybe not. Didn't need to against UConn. That's why Blake Corum had five touchdowns. So every time they got down there close, and Schoonmaker almost fell into the end zone last week, but every yeah. time they got down there inside the five or inside the two, I was like, well, here's the tight end touchdown I've been looking at, and they just give it to Blake again, and there he goes in for a touchdown. So we'll see if it changes. We'll see if the approach is a little different tomorrow against Maryland and in Big Ten play. But, I mean, at some point, man, you got to get some of these guys involved, whether it's a receiver, whether it's a tight end. Get them in the end zone. Let these guys do what they do. And uh, even if Eric Hall is out, which it sounds like he is, Michigan still has some other – I mean. You know, maybe that opens up for a young guy to step in there. Colston Loveland has Colston been Loveland. good. Absolutely. He's been good. And you still have Schoonmaker. You do have Joel Honigford, who they talked about wanting to get him a touchdown. We'll see what it looks like. Last but not least, this is probably my boldest one, but it's not crazy. And Let's I do it. expect him to have to wing it around a little bit. Michigan will pick off Talia Tagovailoa twice tomorrow afternoon. Two times. Ooh, I was going to jump all over that if you said once. Uh, Two. Dos. Dos yeah. interceptions. 
slightly stupid on that one, slightly dumb right. on that one. I do think Michigan picks him off. He's obviously a guy that's going to try to make some things happen, and I think that defensive front is going to create enough chaos to where they're going to force him to make some mistakes, and I think he's going to have to try to force the ball down the field because I expect him to get down early. And so, yeah, I think they're going to get a pick uh, early. Now, you did say Tagovailoa with two interceptions, correct? I mean, I did, yes, I did. I expect okay, him to so be I mean, in there, but. Yeah, that so well, it wasn't meant to be a trick. It, I just think he's going to be throwing it a lot. Slightly stupid, Brandon. Slightly stupid. Are you aware that slightly stupid is a band? Are you familiar I with the aware word? Of that. I am aware of that. I love them, actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> is that the end of the segment? That's it. It's just five things. Forgot to turn off the uh, the music there. <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell's going on over there? Yeah, I forgot to. There's a so there's a fade out button, and I just I just forgot to hit the the fade out button. That's fade. Right on, right on. Rookie what was mistake. I looking for? What are you looking for over there? You like your head down? Your your little slightly stupid for you, dude. That's what I was looking for. We're gonna start uh, hemorrhaging. No, nobody gives a shit about that. Well, they should. Good. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Taking um, you back to your college days, your frosted tips days. I mean, have we pulled out that picture on the show? Do you guys even know out there that Brandon Brown, I don't even know if you could call that frosted tips because the well, frost went down a little bit further than just the tip. I mean, this, that was like frosted halves. Okay, so keep in mind. Let's let people see it. Eight mile. Big, big part of the scene. Eight mile had just come out. Like Fast and the Furious was going on around that time. Eminem. Did a lot of, you know, the, did a lot of drunk freestyling in my dorm. A lot of it. A yeah. lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Backstreet Boys were hot. Like, <laughs> look at your boy. <laughs> that's not from the uh, the natural sun, folks. That's uh, that's 100% chemical there uh, on the dome there. I'm I don't know. We'll let the people decide. This is going to stay up for the rest of the show. I'm just going to speak. As I mean, dude, you, 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 you look like trouble. You look like a kid who's up to no good. I mean, that's that's what I see. I see a problem. I I'm not going to say I wasn't. Your boy <laughs> stirred some drinks in his day, dude. <laughs> look. And look, I dude, I had a Nick Carter. I got literally all the time. I got that all the time. No, wait. Uh, his Nick Carter was the Backstreet Boy. I got Aaron Carter, his little brother. That's now that who I, I could see. That that's the, who I got. Yeah, that's who I got. Yeah. Look, yeah. look. Listen, I had a baby people face. Love it. People that's love. Not, it. That's not middle school. That's not tenth grade. That was my college ID photo, folks. Right there. Brandon. Brandon went through his growth spurt later on in life. It's facts. After college. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I think, I didn't my think mom that was coming out tonight. Might be watching upstairs. My mom did that for me, by the way. Thank you, Don. Appreciate that. Um, if everybody can just recover from that, we're going to hear a word from Rich, our flagship sponsor over at Mediascapes. Here you have it. Hey, this is Rich from Mediascapes located in Burton. Let me fill you in a little bit about our business. We are a full-service sign and graphic company from banners, yard signs, to vehicle wraps. When it comes to marketing your business, we also provide video and photography services as well as apparel and promotional items. If it's something that will make your business or organization stand out, we do it. And I guarantee we do it well. We are Mediascapes on Dora Highway, south of Bristol Road, just before Rock Bottom. Check out our work at Mediascapes.com. That's Mediascapes with a K.com. 
Mediascapes with a K.com, 810 4737 in Burton. Hit your boy, Rich. He'll get you right. And Chris, I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this right here, I love that. If, if, if Michigan picks off Tagovailoa twice tomorrow, I'll have frosted tips done by the weekend. I love it. Let's. <laughs> I'm pulling for two picks. Pulling for it now. We got to have that. I actually am kind of excited to go back to what it, you know, what started it all. Take yourself down to Lady Jane's. Just have them get you right. I'd probably just have my mom do it. She she did it for me all the way through high school, and then in college occasionally. I mean, I kind of stopped doing it in college, but oh man, I'm I'm excited now. All right, let's get into another segment before let's do it. Really strange. Big Ten, big game. There's actually a pretty big one this week, dude. Michigan's is Michigan, not one of them. I don't expect the game to be super, super competitive. We're going to talk a little bit about the score and how we see it playing out and all that stuff a little bit later. Over-unders will kind of factor in. And, dude, the spread, I, I, I guess I just contradicted myself because the spread for this one is actually worse. But Wisconsin at Ohio State. 7.30, blacked-out uniforms for the Buckeyes. Is this a big one, or is Ohio State just going to whoop that ass? I think Ohio State's going to wax at that. Okay, let me ask you, Chris. Do you know what the spread is for this one? Do you have a guess? If I, mean, I were I to guess, I'd say 17 and a half. It's 18 and a half, dude. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean... As soon as I saw them and that they made the announcement for the black uniforms and then asked everybody to wear black, I'm like, all right, well, that's over for Wisconsin. I mean, it's a tough environment. Those guys are going to be lathered up. I just think it's going to be a bloodbath down there in Columbus. As much as it hates me to give any credit to those knuckleheads down south, they do have a solid football team, and I think they're going to show it Saturday night. They're really talalented. They're really skilled. They're really fast, and Wisconsin is – flat out none of those things and it's in cheese. yeah and it's in yeah, they've been eating some curds dude and they they play like it sometimes yeah it's in columbus it's a night game it's the blackout they're gonna be they're gonna be oh, rabid boy. dude it's gonna be oh. a wild wild show and i think i would put money on ohio state to cover that number i do although I randall randall doris i i concur with your assessment there i just don't think but i don't think wisconsin really brings much to the table I mean, we'll see. No, but I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like, I, like, how often is Wisconsin in our big lane for whatever game they're playing? It's just Wisconsin <laughs> to me is a sleepy Big Ten football team, man. I, Chris, you, I mean, it's your page. You do whatever you want, but Team Mac McLean might have just got himself banned. What is this? If Wisco wins, Chris, oh. hey, 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 what are we, we doing? Bald <laughs> jokes now on the show? Listen, I'm already taking the Android slander. We can't go after the bald jokes. I will say. Small side note, I know we showed the picture of Brandon with his frosted tips. Before your boy went bald, my last-ditch effort was to essentially dye my scalp black to try to conceal it, and, uh, and and that didn't work, and that was also in college. So, dude, if you and I had crossed paths in college with your frosted tips and my dyed scalp, I mean, dude, we go to the club, it's like we're shutting it's over. down. We're it's shutting over, down. over with for all, people. All the other men might as well just leave. Pack up shop, leave, because your boys are going to handle it. You could frost the beard? It's not the worst idea I've ever heard. That's that's sacrilegious. I can't even believe you said that. Um, 
<laughs> yes. CJ knows. That's really good. That's we really all good. All right. You don't we there, T Mac? Bottom half. Miami of Ohio. <laughs> get get that siren going. Bald guys unite. Hell yes to all my bald brethren out there. I appreciate you. I love you. Don't let the world treat you any differently. You're bald and you're beautiful. Lions fan from the YouTube YouTube page. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I knew my baldness would pay off someday. <laughs> it's worth all of five bucks. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right, on the on the flip side of this, Miami of Ohio traveling to – I feel like we do this to Northwestern just about every week, but Miami of Ohio traveling to Northwestern. It's a night game. I don't know if anybody will be awake for it at this point. 7.30, Ryan Field, Northwestern favored by 7.5. I mean, I don't know, dude. What? Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Northwestern, Wisconsin, same type of team, man. I just, you know, eh, meh. But I have been to Ryan Field that night to watch the Wolverines go there and play, and I did enjoy the experience. And then you're right there in, in Evanston, not too far from Chicago, so you can hang out in the city. So there's some intrigue there if you're going to be at, at the game. But in terms of watching it on TV, nah. Nah. So Ryan Field has a has a cool little vibe. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it, it's not intimidating. There's just no. not enough people. It's, it's open on one end. It's got too much grass around. It's just not, but it's cool. It's got a cool feel, but it's not scary. Now, I'm not Miami sure. Of Ohio, I don't know if they still have it there, but the last time I was there, they had like a, a love seat, like a cushiony sofa in one of the end zones where like random, I don't know if you get selected for it or whatever, but you could go out there and sit and watch the game in one of the end zones from a sofa. I thought that was pretty cool. Man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, Still a snoozer. It's like a glorified high school field. I mean, there's yeah. places, you know, there's stadiums in Texas, California that like could rival Ryan Field. I don't know. Not the most, uh, not the most hype environments in Miami of Ohio. Certainly True. not going to take that to another level. So, anyway, there you have it. There you have it for Big Ten, Big Lane, Big Ten, Big Game. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I'm very intrigued by that Wisconsin Ohio State game. I mean, I do think Ohio State's going to win by a lot, but like. Yeah. There's not that many opportunities for team. There's not that many opportunities where Ohio State's really going to be challenged that much. And like Wisconsin, I would at least put in that ballpark. Yeah, but it might get ugly. And if I was putting money down on it, I'd probably put it on Ohio State to cover. Yeah, and I mean you do have some other intrigue too. Like you see people bringing it up, um, Iowa going out to Rutgers at night, and then Michigan yeah. plays Iowa next week. So let's see what Iowa looks like on the road in Piscataway under the lights. I mean. You would think they would handle their business, but if they look a little bit shaky, maybe that that changes our mind about how next week looks. And then you got Minnesota, Michigan State, and I think the last I checked, Michigan State was the dog in that one. Uh, Minnesota's the favorite to win. Um, and if Sparty drops two straight, I mean, again, if we can get another victory for Michigan and Spartans dropping another game on Saturday, I mean, I'm going to be like a pig in slop. You're not going to you're going to want to stay away from me on social media because I'm going to be a prick. Yeah, it's two and a half, I think, is the line, unless it's moved. I know Minnesota was favored by just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to do this for the few people who jumped in late because I'm just that proud of it. Oh people miss it. It's back. It's never going away. <laughs> it's never going away. <laughs> oh, boy. Better? I mean, I guess a little bit, a little bit. 
<laughs> that was when I was a teacher, dude. I was 24 years old right what there. What is dude. this? Memory lane over here? All what right, the I'm hell sorry. are we doing? I just saw some people asking about it, dude. All right. I, I like to show off the frosted tips, dude. All right. Here, let me grab my pictures. One second. Let me. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll, we'll, uh, you know, there it's, it's big 10 play. It's, oh yeah. Uncle Mike could send in some absolute classics. We'll just refrain. Maybe, maybe in the off season, we'll have time for some of that stuff. A lot of intrigue as big 10 play starts. There's a couple teams like, Penn State played one earlier this year, so they're playing Central this weekend. Indiana played a Big Ten game out of the gate, so they're playing Cincinnati. Um, same thing, Northwestern and Nebraska, remember, in Ireland to start yeah. the season yeah. off, so they've got uh, Miami of Ohio. So there's a few uh, there's a few teams that aren't playing uh, conference games this week, but as Big Ten play starts, obviously the intrigue goes up. And, you know, even with the Michigan game, with a pretty big spread, I'm intrigued, dude. I said it at the beginning of the show, ready to check it out, ready to see what the team looks like when the starters are – probably going to play most of the game so with that being said let's do some over-unders chris and see what we think this thing is going to look like on saturday with the terps coming to town you want to go or do you want me me, to get it rolling uh, let me kick it off let me kick it off and so we talked a lot about it we're wondering what this offense is going to look like saturday now that conference play has started i've got michigan wide receivers so this is the number of wide receivers with multiple receptions on saturday set at three and a half so, so the just number of wide receivers, a minimum of two catches, a minimum of two catches, set it at three and a half for the wide out. I will say over. And so you, unfortunately you four, for guys, Austin, four, four wide receivers with multiple catches. Unfortunately for us and everything we've talked about, Andrell Anthony was not on my fingertips as I named them off. I said, all right, well, Ronnie's going to get two or more. Roman Wilson has been a target. He hasn't touched it a lot, but they, he's he's been so effective and so dynamic. You got to throw him a couple. They actually threw it to AJ Henning like five or six times last yeah. week. They were short, but he caught some of those short kind of bubbles. Get out. So I, I would assume we'll see that again. Cornelius. And then I think Cornelius Johnson. Cornelius Johnson needs to get going. He's the other he's the other starter on the outside opposite Ronnie Bell, who's playing a ton of snaps. And then Andrew Anthony, I think, needs to be more involved. So if you can get four or five of them going, that's the over. Let me have it. I think that's what we'll see. That's what Love I want to see. Love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking the over as well because I just I, I think it's time for it to happen. We've seen – we know that the Michigan running attack works and will work, and we've seen those guys get plenty of opportunity to prove it. Now I just think it's time to give the wide receivers a chance to eat. That's all I'm saying. It, and I and I said this before. It's not necessary. J.J. doesn't have to go out and throw five touchdowns. Andrew doesn't need five targets. Roman and A.J. don't have to touch the ball once every series. But at this point, like, wouldn't it just be nice to see it, see this offense go out, sling it around through the air, and then know for the remainder of that schedule, like, okay, those guys have that in the tank. They can do that. Like, it just puts everybody on notice. I think it has to happen on Saturday. So give me the yeah. I'm with you. It's what we've been talking about all week. These blowout games with only half of the game starters and weird, you know, play calling and vanilla plans and all that. There's not a lot else to talk about. So we've just been talking about sling it. Let's get these Ferraris out on the open road, man. That's that's what what we want to see. There's no doubt about it. All right. So this is really just a workaround question for me to ask you about how JJ is going to look and how much he's going to be in the game. So I'm going to ask it like this. Davis Warren over under three and a half snaps. In other words, is this going to be JJ wire to wire for the first time ever? Davis Warren over under three and a half snaps. 
Give me over. Give me over. I, I do okay. think Michigan's eventually going to put away Maryland convincingly, and I do think there's going to be some opportunity for Davis Warren to get in there, especially now that I think he's almost solidified that QB2 spot. It sounds like he's a guy that's high on Harbaugh's list. So, so give me the over there. I do think JJ's going to have a productive day. I think Michigan's going to be up big, and that's going to lead to Davis Warren getting plenty of opportunities to you know, showcase his talent because he is a talented quarterback, and he, that's a kid that could probably go to – any number of other smaller schools out there and probably be the starting guys. I'm going, I mean, we're going to get to our predictions later. And if yeah. it plays out how I've predicted, then he's going to be in the game at the end. So I'll take the over as well. Same reasons you said, you know, I, I think Maryland's going to be able to move it a little bit, certainly test Michigan more than the first three teams have, but I still think Michigan's going to be a lot better. They're still at home. They're still fired up. I think eventually they pull away and Davis Warren gets some reps. I mean, that's, you know, I'd have to look back, but I'm sure Michigan played several quarterbacks in Maryland last year when they won by 41. Right? I mean, I'd have to think. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to head head to my next uh, over-under. Look, the guy, he's he's from the area. He's a DMV guy. We know that Blake Corm is immensely talented. We saw it last weekend with the five touchdowns. I'm curious, does he get over the century mark on Saturday? I've got the over-under set at 99 and a half rushing yards for Blake Corm on Saturday. Does it happen? I think I'm going to take the under. It's just what we've seen. And if I truly believe that they're going to, I mean, they, they're not playing nine quarters. There's only, there's only four quarters of football. If we think JJ's going to throw three or four touchdowns and the receivers are going to have all this production, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. that. Like, that's what you want off. All it takes is one or two big, you know. 350 yards passing, 150 yards rushing, you're out of there with 500 yards, and you win by 35. Like, that would be incredible. If it looks like that, I would be so pleased and so happy to see it. But I'm still I'm still going to take the under. Give me the over, because I think Blake Corm does get one or two of those big chunk plays. All I right. think we're going to see okay. at least 150-plus yarder out of Blake Corm on Saturday. And then if he, if he can add, you know, a handful of other decent carries, I mean, you're up over the century mark easy. I just think for some odd reason during the first few weeks that that he hasn't had that break-free sort of run that we saw in the first few weeks of last season. So give me the over. I still think the wide receivers get their production, but I think Blake Corum also gets his too, man. He's too talented. Well, back to that wide receiver production, and it's a kind of a, a spinoff of your question that you asked me earlier, and a refocus on something that we've been talking about all week with our guy, Andrell. You know, we, we have a... We have an affinity for the young man. We got a chance to sit down with him back in February. You know what? Here's the thing. Can I say that the reason why I, somebody questioned us on the last show, like, what is it? What is your deal with Andrew? Like, why do you think he's so talented? And I was, I, that hit me a little bit. I'm like, is it the swag? Is it the dreads? Is it the shield? Is it the number one? Like, what is it about Andrew? And then I remembered, like, not only did we see what he could do last year, but during the off season, leading up to the season, you had, you know, Coach Bellamy making comparisons to Braylon Edwards and then Jim Harbaugh essentially backing that up saying, yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah. Andrell's a tremendous talent, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Fast forward heading into week four and he's got one reception so far. So there was a reason why we expected Andrell to be so good because the coaches said he was good. They were making comparisons to, to Michigan's greatest wide receiver of all time. So I just wanted to put that out there. There seemed to be some confusion why we were so high on him. He's immensely talented. I've, I think I've said immensely talented about five times during this podcast. And the coaches had nothing but good things to say about him during the offseason. So that's why the expectations high. There you have it. And so my question then is over under for Andrell, one and a half catches. 
That's a modest day. That is a I'm, modest day. Give me the over, damn it, and it better be over. I mean, it just it, 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 over. You one and a half on the afternoon? Over. That's it's criminal if it's not over. It's not a lot. But I guess based on what I just said, when you asked me about multiple receivers having multiple catches, he was not the first one that came to mind. He was the fifth one, as a matter of fact. So I'll say under, but golly, dude, get that kid the ball. I just yeah. I think it will be under, but I'd, I'd rather it be far over. And, I, and we'll you know, I don't want to speculate on it, but is is it a safe bet that Andrew was probably among the group of wide receivers who contacted Jim Harbaugh asking how they could get more involved in the offense? I, you know what happens when you assume, but I I sure would. Yeah. I would. Right on. All right. Next uh, next over under for me, JJ McCarthy. We talk about him all the time. We know how talented he is. We know what he's got um, in his bag. Do they let him loose on Saturday? I've got the passing attempts set. At 20 and a half. 20 and a half oh. passing attempts for J.J. McCarthy on Saturday. Over. Over, over, over. Hammer the over. If that's a real bet out there, put your mortgage on it. I think they're going to throw it. I think they need to throw it. I think Maryland's going to throw it. And if, dude, who the hell knows? If Maryland gets loose, one missed tackle, this it could be a game early. That That's how things like well, this can happen. Can we go back to, remember, the first three weeks of the season last year, Michigan looked good, and then they got into game four where they played Rutgers at home, yeah. and it was a dogfight. It was like 14-6 to six in the fourth quarter of that game, and Rutgers was hanging around. And so I know Maryland, and I said this earlier, Maryland's not Alabama, but they're also not UConn either, and I think they, they do have a chance to really put Michigan on their heels and make it into a game. So if, if the Wolverines don't put them away early and this thing goes into the fourth quarter, you don't want to be facing a mobile quarterback on the other side. It's going to make things difficult. Yeah, I say over when you were when you started the question and I heard you were going to go with attempts. I was thinking like 25, 26. So I I think well over 20, but I, dude, I mean if it was 19, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, we've right. seen that formula before. But I will if take it's the over and I, I would, with zero touchdowns, would you be shocked? No, no. <laughs> I'd be a little bit more surprised against Maryland, but still not shocked. Yeah, give me the over as well. Like I said, I think we're both in the same boat here. We think he's going to be able to sling it a lot on Saturday, so I'll take the over as well. I touched on this a little bit earlier. I think you might have called me dumb, but that was specifically interception, specifically Talia Tagovailoa. I'll put it this way. Could be a punt, could be a fumble recovery, whatever, whatever. Michigan over under one and a half takeaways. Michigan over under one and a half takeaways. Give me the over. Give me the over. Right. I, you know, they, they, I know they haven't gotten to the quarterback a lot over the last uh, two weeks. Jesse Minner, not concerned about that. Um, you know, guys like Braden McGregor, not concerned about that. I think that they're going to cause chaos. And again, when you have a mobile quarterback who's going to be trying to force the issue, presumably because Maryland's down, I think that's going to lend itself to more opportunities to create some turnover. So give me the over at one and a half. I think the Wolverines get two. I mean, obviously I'm taking the over because one of my dumb smart uh, predictions was that they're going to pick off uh, Tagovailoa twice. So give me the over. I think Maryland's going to have to scramble a little bit late. We saw that last year in College Park. Sailed the throw right into DJ Turner's chest. He took it back for a touchdown. Tagovailoa was standing there. He didn't want anything to do with it. It's I, I think I don't know if the script's going to be the exact same, but I feel like it's going to be similar to that. Michigan gets Ooh, up early. Gets up Brian. Late. Ryan Petrosky with the prediction of Mikey getting his first pick six. I, I would love to see Sanders still so take cool. it the other way to the house, man. That would be phenomenal. Just given 
you know, given the whole story and everything we've talked about so far. Um, back to me over here. I've got points surrendered in the first half. Now, disclaimer, Michigan has not surrendered a single point in the first half of any Correct. single game this year. I do not believe that that trend is going to continue this weekend. But I do have points surrendered in the first half by the Michigan defense set at nine and a half. It's the, the number half. I was going to go with. Nine and a half in the first half. What was my prediction? My final score? Yeah, give me. Mm. Is there 10 plus on that scoreboard going into the half for the Terps? Give me the over. I think it's I think it's right at about 10. I think 10, 13. Look at that. A lot of people think it's the over. A lot. I think my prediction is going to be horrible now that I'm talking myself through it. But I, <laughs> when you said it that way and I thought about, okay, a whole first quarter, a whole, I think it's over. I think it's over nine and a half. I think, you know, it's, it's close to that. But I'll say, yeah, I'll say over 10 to 13, maybe two touchdowns, maybe it's 14. I'm going to say over. I think it's right at 10. I think they maybe get a touchdown early because, you know, Michigan's going to face a, an offensive threat in Tagovailoa that they really haven't faced yet. I think maybe they get burned early. They put another field goal on the board before halftime, and then things start to get a little bit out of control in the second half. But, yeah, I think Michigan finally gives up some points in the first half. I think it's 10. Give me the over, but just barely. So we've talked a lot about the offense and what it's going to look like and playing a full game. And, man, we just want to see J.J. in for four quarters and get these receivers going. I mean, like, the same thing has been happening on defense. Those guys have also only been playing half the game and not being in there all the time. And lots of guys getting subbed in, heavy rotations. Junior Colson is leading the way in tackles, Chris. Not surprised by that at all. We heard all about him. Knew he was never going to come off the field, and I expect that to be the case for real this week because of the substitutions and the rotations getting tightened up. Junior Colson over under seven and a half tackles. Give me the over, man. And I was thinking about this earlier today. It's just I don't think we talk enough about how Junior Colson has stepped into that role and just quietly been one of the most effective guys out there. He leads the team in tackles with 17. He's, he impacts the game in, in every single way when he's out there. And I just, I can't say enough about him, especially if you know his backstory and how he got to, you know, even how he got to America and to the University of Michigan. I mean, this guy's journey is incredible. He's obviously incredibly talented and, and it shows in the numbers. He's leading the way defensively. So give me the over. I think he's going to have a big Saturday. See, this is, it, there it is, John. That's where it gets interesting. If they, yeah. if they throw it 50 times a game. That's going to neutralize Junior Colson's ability to make plays at or around the line of scrimmage. So the, in my head, when I was coming up with this one, I originally had it at like double digits. I'm like, oh, dude, he's going to be on the field the whole game. But I'm like, well, well, that was really weird how I just said, well, well, <laughs> um, there's a chance that he just might not be in the mix very much because of the way that Maryland plays. Sure. I'm still going to take the over. He's he's hovering around six or so tackles a game in about, like we said, two quarters of action. So if he's out there the whole time, he's playing three, four quarters of football, he's going to have to be around the ball, man. And Maryland actually has a pretty decent running back, too. So it's not like they're going to abandon the run, but I, I do think they're going to throw it quite a bit. And if Michigan does get up, that they're going to have to air it out. But I, I will take the over as well. Over seven and a half tackles for one junior Colson. All right. I'm not sure what the actual total points is set at uh, for the over under, but I've got mine total points on Saturday. Both teams combined set at 67 and a half. 
67 and a half points for both teams on Saturday combined. Well, that number's not crazy, but that's lower than my prediction total. So I'll say under. I mean, I, I don't think that's a bad spot. Um, but my prediction, I just have it a little lower than that. And it's, again, going to come down to game. And it's crazy, man. Michigan scored 59 on these guys last year. 59. Yeah. yeah. But I will take the under. I'm looking. I see somebody, see, uh, CJ right there saying that Vegas has it at 64 and a half. That's, that's what I was looking up. And you're yeah. a little above that. And my total is just a shade below that for my prediction. So I'll say under, but I, I do think it's going to be in that in that vicinity, right around that range. But I'll, yeah, I'll take not, the under by a little bit. I'm going to take the over because I do think Michigan wow. puts up another 50-plus again on Saturday, and I think Maryland's going to have some opportunities to score. So based on my score prediction, give me the over. And I think that would be, you know, they're, they're currently on the streak of the most consecutive games. So if they go over 50-plus again on Saturday, like is it okay if they go over 50-plus on Saturday again? to start giving this offense a little bit of credit for what they're doing out there? I mean, can, can we acknowledge that, or is it still not allowed? It's, I guess it, this, my, my last question is rendered useless here at this point, but it was <laughs> it was building off of that exact stat. Does Michigan hit the 50-burger again? Michigan over under 49.5 points. Yes, sir. Absolutely they do. And I think this, you know, they've been doing it with their first-team guys mostly on the sideline the second half with most yeah. of their talent standing over there. And so if you get a full four quarters of J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum and, and A.J. Henning and, and those guys and, and Ronnie Bell, yeah, I think 50-plus is definitely doable. I got them under by just a hair. We'll get into my, you know, when we do our predictions, <laughs> excuse me, we'll do our predictions and we'll talk about the exact final score. Yeah, that we came up with. I'm right there. I'm right there. But I'm just a shade under that 50-point threshold, which, dude, it would be incredible, though, to go four games in a row. and 50. I don't know if they're going to get to 50 at Kinnick, but, you know, they're going to have a shot tomorrow, I think, for sure. I think it's going to be real, real close, but I've got them at just a hair under 50. Is that it? We're done? We done? Yeah, that's it for over-unders. Cruise. Right, we'll see you guys later. No, just kidding. <laughs> We got a little bit left here. We got a little bit left here. So I, I, I'm anxious. <clears throat> I'm anxious to see if it is. I mean, we, we expect it to be this way, at least into the fourth quarter, I would say, for the starting offense, the starting defense. But who knows, man? I mean, if they win by 41 like they did last year, it's going to be another, you know, another abbreviated game for the ones. But we'll we'll see what that ends up looking like. I mean, Chris, we've talked about this many, many times before. I wonder where your head's at with them this year. I think you've kind of jumped off the wagon for sure, for good at this point. But you you always you've always said that Maryland for whatever reason, if it's the helmets or the fact that they do get some dudes or it's the DMV or they throw yeah. it around, you expect them to be kind of good and then they're just kind of not. Is that I mean they're turds all the time. I've given up on them at this point. I mean, I've given up on Maryland. I've yeah. I've routinely given Maryland too much credit, only to watch them fall apart time and time again. And so, I mean, you know, they're going to be in the big house. Michigan's lathered up, number four in the country, undefeated. I know that Maryland's undefeated too, but they almost, you know, they they didn't look too impressive against SMU. I just think Michigan's too good, and I think Maryland. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Is it is it the is it the uniforms? Is it you know? Is it some of the guys that they recruit? I don't know. I just always find myself giving them way too much credit, and I'm just done doing it. Yeah, I I mean, the spread's decent. I think it's going to be bigger. <clears throat> Michigan waxed them last year. 
I'm, I'm kind of with you. They're just kind of like a random team. Before I do any digging or any research or anything about them, I'm like, no, they're pretty good, right? You just kind of look around. You're like, no, yeah. I think they're pretty good. And then you look and they're like, no, 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 they're not very and, good. Can we, I, I mean, I'll just say it. I'm not I'm not sold on uh, Michael Oxley at all. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting the echo. I'll come out and come back in. Not sold on Michael Oxley. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's It seems like they have a lot to work with there. They've got Under Armour money up the wazoo. They've got a rich, fertile talent uh, pool right in their backyard in the DMV. They've been able to get some nice players. They've put some dudes in the NFL. They have good good facilities there. They've got a lot going for them. But yeah, for whatever reason, like the last several handfuls of coaches just can't can't quite turn that thing into anything. And I, I don't really know why that is, but yeah. I, I'm with you. I don't think Loxley is the guy. I think we would have seen that already. His record's not See, no, I don't agree. I don't agree with Uncle Mike there. I, I like what Maryland is doing with the helmets. I like it. I mean, I you know, they're gaudy. They got a lot of shit going on. You know, it's kind of that, you know, that airbrush sort of thing. But I don't know, man. I, I'm into that sort of thing. I like it when when teams, like, kind of push the envelope in terms of what they do with their helmet design. So, come on, Uncle, Uncle Mike. He's He's – He's old he's, school. He's creeping a little closer he's to the sixty-year mark. He's not there yet. You know, he's got those. You know, what is it? Jerry Seinfeld says that you hit a certain age, and then like your your wardrobe just stays the same, and it's the same sweaters and the same. You know, I'm I mean, starting to get to that age now. Like, listen, Uncle, Uncle Mike said, years ahead of me. Uncle Mike said earlier that he could bring out some photos of me. <laughs> You know, he don't want me to bring out the photos of him. Are there any mullets in those photos? Oh, <laughs> dude, I'm talking Tennessee waterfall to the 10th degree, dude. Jean like, jacket. Like, if, like if MacGyver fell into the secret of the ooze, dude, mullet. And I'm going to throw the P word at you. Oh Herm. Woo! A firmed mullet for one Michael Joseph Allen. Thank wow. You just much. putting him on blast like that. Yikes. He says a lot of mullets. <laughs> a lot. Permed mullets, man. That's the next show will include a, a photo of Mike Allen and Scott Brown with look, mullets. you run across somebody with a perm mullet. You just man. keep your head down and keep walking because you don't want that kind of trouble in your life. No, Lewis. See, Uncle Mike is a he's a Mopar guy. If you would have said Cuda, <laughs> I'd have been with you. If you would have said mullet Mike and his Cuda, that hemi, he's got a hemi. He's oh, that's Uncle Mike all day long, right there. All right. Um, yeah, so the, the Maryland, the Maryland lore, I think is not like a real thing. And Chris is finally off of that bandwagon. He's, oh, he's man. done with the Terps. And I think our final, our final predictions are going to reflect that. And so, uh, that's where we're at right now. We're getting into place your bets, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about some of the bigger matches across the country to look at the national landscape and, of course, finish with our Maryland, Michigan prediction and get on out of here in about an hour. So there's three ranked matchups tomorrow, Chris, and I'm pretty intrigued by all three of them, I got to be honest. Let's see it. I think, I think Clemson is a fraud at number five in the country. Clemson is going to number 21 Wake Forest at noon. And Wake Forest is favored by seven and a half over the Tigers. Give me, give me Clemson outright. I'll take Clemson. I know you know they, they don't look solid. Outright, give me Clemson. I know this is not. I'm sorry. Clemson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have that backwards. Clemson is favored. Backwards. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I, I was I was a little favorite. bit. Yeah, give give me Clemson in that one for sure. I mean, I know that this isn't the you know the Trevor Lawrence era, but there's still Clemson and it's still Wake Forest. Give me the Tigers. I was gonna take Clemson in the in the spread, I, but I yeah. I just looked on my phone and I had it written down wrong. So that's my bad. Clemson is going to Wake Forest, so it is on the road. That's tricky. Clemson's not Clemson of six years ago. But it, you're right, dude. It's still Wake Forest. I mean, Clemson still has seven or eight five stars playing on on the field on both sides of the ball. So yeah. yeah, I do think Clemson. I do think Clemson wins, and they they probably ugh, they might cover that spread, even though it is on the road. You would take them to cover. I would take them to cover. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a. I don't know. Are they the number five? What happens if Michigan and Clemson played right now? Neutral field. I have no idea. I have no idea. I actually, actually, I think, I think Michigan can hang with pretty much any team in the country, assuming yeah. they allow the offense to do so. And that's why I'm so intrigued by this upcoming Saturday because I believe there's so much more in the tank, and I just want to see a little bit of it because I think there's that much talent there. Well, this one I did not write down incorrectly, and I thought it was like, granted, I haven't watched a ton of SEC football. I'll be, I mean. You, Chris, we found this out doing this job. Saturdays are – you don't watch a lot of other games. And I say – I don't even feel like I've seen a Michigan football game yet this year. Well, and yeah, you being down – yes, you being down on the sidelines behind the lens, it'll start to feel that way. Yeah. But number 20, Florida, is going to Rocky Top. Number 11, Tennessee. And Tennessee is favored. Oh, Tennessee is favored by 10 and a half over the Gators. That seems like a lot. That does seem like a lot. Ah, three hmm. thirty. Not a night game, but give. You know what? Give me Florida to cover, but I do think Tennessee wins that game. That's where I'm at. Uh, who is it? Hendon Hooker, right? The for yep. for uh, for quarterback. I know he's talented, dual threat guy, um, and that's just a tough place to go and win. You know, they're going to pack you know well over a hundred thousand people in that stadium. It's a tough environment, obviously, with the Gators coming in ranked. Um, it's going to be even more electric. Give me Tennessee, but I do think Florida keeps it close. I mean, that means Tennessee has to win by 11 points or more. That's a big yeah. number, dude, against yeah. a, a Florida team that's not that great. Anthony Richardson looked like he was the man for like a, a, a minute, and now he's only thrown, I think, one touchdown all year. Um, but I just – I am i don't know. They've just got too many athletes. I know Florida's been underperforming for a while, and Tennessee is on the upswing. I like Josh Heupel. I do think he's yeah. – He's got a future there, but I, I don't. That's a lot of points, man. I know it's at home for Tennessee, but give me Florida in the points as well. I think I think it's like a seven point win, or maybe like a ten point win, and you'd still be good. Like eleven, yeah. that, that number is right at that danger zone. I think for for what they might end up winning by. Agreed. And uh, last but not least, this is another one, another team, another couple of teams that I wish I could watch a little closer because I keep hearing more about them. I keep learning a little bit more about them, but I haven't seen either one of them really in action yet. And I know AM had the big letdown. But number 10, Arkansas going to Texas AM. Night game. Aggies favored by two and a half. Give me the Aggies outright. Tough place to play. Home of the 12th man, right? That's right. Yeah, give me the Aggies. I mean, they, listen, listen. They've got some weird pregame rituals that they need to get figured out over there that I think might be contributing to some of the shitty play that we've seen. But at the end of the day, still a tough place to play, especially at night. 
Two and a half points, you said? Two and a half. Two and a half. Give me Texas A&M. Oh, wait a minute. Is it, oh, is is it, it in Jerry World? World? Now, see, that changes okay. things now. Let me double check that. that game is being played. That's pertinent information, Mr. Brown. I need yeah. information like that. Zach Woodruff is saying it's a neutral site game. My this might change the equation here. Apologies. If it's neutral site, give me the Razorbacks. <laughs> Jerry World. I mean, I don't, I don't not, uh, I don't not. Look, we, we've got a, hey, we got enough people in the comments confirming it's in Jerry World neutral site game. Give me Arkansas. Give me a Arkansas. AT&T Stadium, Arlington. Look at that. The fans coming through. You know what? Giving us the accurate information. We appreciate that. I pull that off of ESPN's just little schedule blurb, yeah. and maybe they don't list that. That might be the problem. I might have to start looking elsewhere. Thank you for the update. Don't dare blame ESPN. <laughs> that does change things a little bit for you? You're yeah, going on. Give now? me Arkansas. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It's yeah, because I, I, don't, I don't think Texas A&M is that good. I just okay. think it's one of those things where if you go to their place at night, it's a difficult place to play. But if you're playing in Jerry World, neutral site, Quarterback issues at A and M. Do they really know who their guy is? Jimbo Fisher's a sleazy green ball. I can't stand him. He might be my least favorite coach in the country. Yeah, he, I mean, he's up there with Dabo and some of those guys. Like, I'm just can't stand him. I'm not a fan. I'm taking Arkansas just because of Jimbo. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Same. And, and last but certainly not least, last but certainly not least, it's the Terps. It's the Wolverines. It's new. Yeah. It's big house. It's the big noon kickoff. It's Big Ten play. It's Big Ten play. Michigan by 16 and a half, Mr. Breiler. I mean, I know you got it all day. Give me the over. Give me the over. Do, do I give you my score prediction right now? or That's where we're at right now. Give me your breakdown. How do you see it? And then your final right. score prediction. Here we go. So I've said it, I think, multiple times during this podcast. I think Saturday is the day that they finally let the offense spread its wings and fly. We get a full four quarters of the guys. Uh, I think Michigan hangs another 50 up on the scoreboard. I got Michigan winning 56, Maryland 17. Michigan 56, Maryland 17. So Michigan certainly covers that 16 and a half point spread. No question. That's that's sizable. Let me let me ask you before I get into mine. I'm seeing some pretty well, let me let me do mine first and then I'll come back to these ones. So I have Michigan covering as well. I can I wrote this up on our, our make your pick article from earlier today. I cannot get a 59 to 18 win in College Park out of my head. I know it's a new year. I know Michigan's different. I know Maryland is different, but they've got the same quarterback and they've got a lot of the same athletes that are expected to make plays back this year that got that ass whooping in Maryland last year. I can't get that out of my head. It's the same thing I've been dealing with with Iowa. I know Iowa's a week away still, but 42 to threes, 42 to three. That's why I never was that freaked out, even though it's at Kinnick and it's going to be weird and whatever. Same deal here. I've got Michigan winning tomorrow over Maryland, 48 to 13 for basically a double up of the spread. That's 35 points. Now, what I wanted to get to with some of these other predictions that I'm seeing pop over, Chris, by the way, Zach Woodruff, we have almost the same score, 48, 12, 48, 13. Right here, Chris, this is the one that caught my eye. If Michigan wins tomorrow, 45 to 35, I see you right now. You look like you're taking a dump. Is that how you would feel? I am. I'm shitting. <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't, you know, that, that 
no, I do know how I feel about that. That's an awful look. If you give up 35 points to this Maryland team, that's an awful look for a defense that has been pretty much dominant through the first three weeks. And that's going to give, that's going to give some credibility to the people out there that say, look and see when Michigan plays anybody, even remotely good, they give up damn near 40 points. And so I think it's, it's crucial that the defense goes out, handles its business. I know that they're going to give up some points, uh, on Saturday, but you certainly can't give up 35 points to the Terps. That would be no bueno. I right, even let me shift it. it. Let me shift it just a little bit. Slightly larger margin, less yeah. points given up, less points scored. Trevor Everett's 38 to 24. Now you're talking about not covering the spread. It's just a two touchdown win. Didn't even crack 40, let alone 50. How's that one treat you? I I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like it. I mean, are we just greedy at this point? Do we just expect too much? I mean, again, I think we've learned quite a bit about this team through the first three weeks, not just in terms of like what the defense is going to look like, but how disciplined they are and how well they play as a unit. You go out and give up 24 points in your own building, you know, to Maryland. I think that's an issue. So yeah, I mean, a win is a win is a win but you definitely don't want to have a showing like that in your first Big Ten game because, again, it gives credibility to some of those guys that think once you get in front of legitimate competition, you're not quite as good as you believe you are. All right, then let me ask it to you this way because I see D. Brown. This is what made me think of this. Thank you for the comment, but I'm going to alter your ask just a little or your your comment just a little bit. Chris, where's the floor for you on both sides that you'd be like, I'm not I'm not happy with that? So you think Michigan's going to hit 50 again? What yeah. if they... What if they, what if it's 40, 40 or above happy? Yeah. 35 or above. Well, now when you get into 35 or above, it depends on what's going on on the other side of the ball. So All yes, right. 35 or above, but then that means Maryland has to be seven or less. So, okay. That's what I was going to say on the Maryland side. I think it was, I think D Brown said, okay, that was, the, that was kind of his mark. What if they hit 17 for you? Maryland well, has 17 I, points. That's that's where I have Maryland at at okay. 17. And so I'm not I'm not upset about that because I do I did take the over on nine and a half in the first half. I think Maryland's gonna have 10. And then, you know, we've seen it in the second half of plenty of these games where, you know, you get burned on one pass deep, you give up a late score. The score might look a little worse than it than it really was. So yeah, I don't want to see them give up 17 points, but I can see a very realistic scenario where they give up 10 in the first half. They give up a late touchdown. Maryland has 17, but Michigan still cruises to victory with 50-plus. Now, if that's more like 24-17 or 35 well, yeah. you know, th- then things start to change a little bit. Then I'm, then I'm questioning why the Michigan offense isn't scoring more and why the defense is giving up so much. Hope that's All not right. the case. The last way that I'll ask it then, and that's when we'll get out of here. Yeah. Michigan wins by 13. No, that's not enough. Michigan wins by 17. Yeah, now you're getting into the territory. And now it's, you know, what does the final score look like? But I just think the offense is too talented to not score more than 35 on Saturday. Like a- like a 38-21, you're good there? 
That's 17 points. That's nearing 40. I mean, that's, that's like my bottom line. That's my, okay. you know, that's, that's the bottom line. The, the, okay. the gap is going to have to be bigger than that. I mean, if you're not going to score more points, then you can't give up that many points. That's just where I'm at. I think, I think it's important that Michigan goes out and has a solid showing on Saturday yeah. and shows that the first three weeks weren't a mirage that this team is for real. You know, if Michigan, we talked about it before Michigan goes out and beats their ass the narrative you're going to hear all week is that, well, Maryland's terrible anyway, and yada, yada, yada. I don't care. If, if Michigan takes care of business against their first Big Ten opponent, I'm fine. Really, really dropped the ball here. I did. I'm not getting a crab cakes and football. That's oh, what Maryland does. Well, How did I not crab. have that drop on deck? Damn it. Really, really big missed opportunity. Dropping the ball left and right here. I saw. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Someone said they're going to smoke them like some crab cakes, and that's what made me think of it. Well, remember who said it now. So before we get out of here, can we just do a couple of house house cleaning things and and mention a few things on the way out so that people know? I've seen some. I've seen some questions pop up in the the comment section about some things that we've said or put out there on social media recently. So number one. The NIL stuff. Yes, made an announcement on social media. I think it was on Instagram. We are dipping into that world. We're dipping into the NIL world. We've had some opportunities come up uh, with some partnerships where there are some people um, that are interested in doing some NIL stuff. Unfortunately, based on the nature of what we do, we've got some pretty good connections with the players. So yes, we're getting into the NIL stuff. Uh, Number two, on our way out to Kinnick, I teased it a little bit, but we are going to be making a special stop. I didn't say where, but it will be in the state of Michigan on our way out to Iowa. It's going to be for a really cool event. We're going to have some exclusive content from that. And as I mentioned, we're going to sit down in the RV and we're going to talk with, you know, one of the Michigan goats. I mean, he was the best at his position, extremely productive. That's about all I'm going to say about that, but you'll want to tune in for that before we get out to Kinnick. We just got a lot of things going on, man. You know, there's there's a lot that we're trying to do behind the scenes to bring you guys the best content that we possibly can, and things are happening. Big, big things are happening behind the scenes. You guys ever get down to the very, very, very bottom of the butter dish, and you got like just a like a <laughs> like a tiny little shard on the end of your knife, and then you try to spread that on your toast, super thin. That's kind of where me and Chris are right now. We're spread a little thin. Yes, we but are. We're still trying to get after it. We might be enlisting some help. That's another little yeah. teaser. Can we throw yeah. that out there? Enlisting yeah. a little more help. We we are excited about the growth. We're excited about all the things that we're doing. Fletch, yes, the RV is the RV is going to Iowa. And can I just say, my dad, Scott Brown, he's a he's a he's kind of a gearhead kind of guy. He knows he knows cars. He knows vehicles. That's his that's his his that's his heart. You know, you cut him open a little bit of little bit of oil drip out. That's his, that's his world. Took the RV to a mechanic buddy. They gave it a big once over, checked it out, got up underneath it, checked everything out. Guy has been working on big trucks and rigs and RVs for decades, crawled out from under that sucker and said, I'd drive this some bitch to California tomorrow. She was born for the road. She's ready for the road. Y'all. I was coming. Piscataway, Bloomington, Columbus. I'm going to park that thing wherever the hell we want in Columbus, probably right out front of the stadium. I'm just going to roll up on the curb, maybe run over a couple of Buckeye fans. I don't know. Couple it's going everywhere. Now. L.A., here we come. Mm, L.A., come see us. Every- we don't, uh, yeah, no shitter, no shitter. So no, if you're coming by the RV thinking you're going to take a shit, 
it ain't happening. There ain't one in there. Don't waste your time. You better bring a plastic bag like your dog and scoop it up and get on out of town because we ain't having it on the on Rosie. Not happening. Man. Oh boy. Just, oh boy. just things happening. Things, things are happening. Are, things are happening. That's yes. that's the best way we can put it. What, uh, what I mean, what do we say after all that? Oh, shout out to Wolverine State Brewing Company. Yay, absolutely. If you're in Ann Arbor this weekend, man, hit them up. Get over I forgot there. to mention free beer at the RV. Every yeah, time well, yeah. you come out to the RV, the beer is free. Thanks to Wolverine State Brewing Company. They keep us stocked every single weekend. I just got an update on the private label winged helmet beer. It will be ready next week. So I'll probably be taking some out to Iowa. If you're going to be out at the Iowa game, you'll have a chance to get your hands on some of it. If not, certainly when we get back for Big Ten play and, you know, for the remainder of the season, it's going to be available. So I'm excited, man. That's just, again, another thing in the hopper. We also might have the license and ability to do some pretty cool shit by the end of the season. Yes. The license. The license. And ability to do some pretty cool stuff. We'll see. I mean, we, we also might be... (laughs) <laughs> Damn it! I gotta, I gotta try to <laughs> massage the teat a little bit. It might be a little too much teat massaging going on, a little bit. Hey, I don't look, at, sometimes you have to, man. We we work hard, and there's a lot of cool stuff going on. And unfortunately, we just we can't say all of it because it's it's you know now you know some of it's not finalized. But even again, like a big time sponsor is coming on in the very near future, and we're gonna announce it in a really really cool way, and that sort of ties into this event where we're stopping out on the way out to Iowa city. Like that's all tied in. And so, man, there's just a lot of cool things happening. We're excited for, we, we we're doing our best to be a little bit different in this market. We want to give you guys something unique. And I think we're well on our way to doing that. We talked about Eric all earlier. We fully expect him to be out tomorrow and maybe for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, but you know, Michigan's pretty, pretty loaded at tight end. And I mean, dude, to be honest with you, they haven't even used them this year. I mean, like, I yep. hate to say it that way, but like, and you know, the, the opponents and I get it. I get it. He's a senior and as captain, is he a captain? He's a captain, he right? A captain. He's a captain. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's an NFL guy, like no point in risking anything if it's not necessary. So anyway, yes, we expect Eric all to be out tomorrow and um, maybe, you know, more than that. So hopefully not, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. So thanks to everybody for tuning in on a Friday. I do know that Friday is uh it's tricky at times. So we appreciate yeah. your presence, man. You get Absolutely. a you get a couple nights a week to go do your thing, and if you spend it with us, much, much, much appreciated. We love you for it. Um yeah, tune in tomorrow morning, nine o'clock for the pregame show. Uh we'll we'll preview some of the things that we've got coming up for the, the actual day of Saturday tomorrow for the game, and then shoot, man, noon. Everybody's gonna be locked in. So we'll see you guys before the game at about nine and right after the game at i don't know what time is that usually chris 3 30 4 o'clock 30 ish yeah yeah somewhere in that ballpark so there you go and keep if, it locked. And if, and if everything goes according to plan as far as the weather's concerned your boy's not going to look like a crispy piece of bacon out there after after the game i'm very excited for the potential of not sweating my ass off the might not even need a change of clothes or a fat guy rag tomorrow it's true it's true How, that's the best news i've had all year <laughs> take care everybody we'll see you tomorrow bright and early 9 o'clock in the morning for the pregame show. Take care.